Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm sorry I took a little while longer than usual to get this one out, but nevertheless, here I am. This is my last upload until next Monday, so I hope you all have a great weekend, and I hope you enjoy these stories. Without any more interruptions, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. I used to go to this camp when I was younger. After my high school graduation, wanting to save up some money to spend in college, I became part of the summer staff there. I mostly did kitchen work, switching in between being a camp counselor and the facility maintenance staff. What I really loved about this experience is that I was the only staff living on camp, so I had a huge room all to myself. It's connected to a kitchen area where we prepare food. Giving some context to the story, we have this huge walk-in refrigerator. It's all roses and butterflies until a camper found a rattlesnake out in the bushes. In my personal experience, the camp has never once had a rattlesnake issue. But because the camp was abandoned for years, and that summer being extremely dry most likely due to climate change, rattlesnakes gathered. We first found two, then it was four, and then it was eight and then it was sometimes multiple rattlesnakes in the same day. We even found snakes in the water. We realized that all the places we had previously designated for our campers to play in are actually infested with snakes. Not to mention the place was rural, and it would really take some time to get to the closest hospital. Anyway, here comes one night. My coworker, who's the only man skilled and bold enough to actually catch the snakes, texted me. And it then read, Hey, there's two snakes in the fridge in the kitchen. Don't open the lid of the garbage can. I ran right out of my room, half dying of laughter and half terrified. Thankfully, my coworker hadn't left and he offered to show me the fridge. When he opened the fridge, there's a giant black trash can in the middle. Then it shook and hissed. It was so loud I was really taken back. I'm sure you all have just the same question as I did. Why on earth did the sweet name of Mary would he put two snakes in a trash can and in the fridge? Well, as it turns out, those two snakes were having their intimate connection under a canoe when my dear coworker had found them. Having them been doing the you-know-what plus the summer being so hot, they were irritated and livid when the canoe was lifted. It was far too late at night to release them to safety so he decided to cool them down into an artificial hibernation. Anyway, I was really impressed by it, but slightly worried about making breakfast the following morning. In the end, however, no rattlesnake or camper was hurt. Campers were so impressed with the snakes that they drew them in the promotional banner, though we adults did have the scare of our life. This happened when I was in the 6th grade, and I was 11 at the time. I'm now going into college. Some background information about me is that I'm a male with ADHD and OCD. The story started when I was going camping with a friend and his dad. We were going to spend the next two nights sleeping in Maine. We were going to sleep in one of the cabins, then hike up to the top of the mountain. We got there late at night, at about 10pm. When we got out of our car to get settled into the cabin, 
we had heard a noise that sounded like it was a dog whimpering. My friend's dad called out to the dog to see if the dog would come to him, but after Thomas's dad called out, it stopped and everything was still. I got a really big chill when everything got quiet, but we got everything inside and we finally got to sleep. I then woke up to someone breathing on my neck. I thought it was my friend playing a joke with me, so I told him to go back to sleep, but the breathing kept going. So I opened my eyes to see what my friend was doing, but when I opened them up, there was a woman standing over me who looked to be in her late 20s. The lady was just staring at me with her pants down, and she was doing some very inappropriate stuff while watching me. I know this might sound funny, but it really did happen. I got really scared, and I then cried out to my friend's dad, and I then kicked the woman with my feet. The lady fell down, got up really quick, and then jumped out the window. Thomas's dad then ran in and asked what had happened, and I told him. We called the cops, and they searched around the cabin, and they found a place where the woman was laying down. The cops had told us that the woman had been laying there for a long time. She was probably watching us when we first got there. After this happened, I ended up going home because it freaked me out just way too much. I still really haven't gotten over it, and I sometimes wonder what she would have done to me if I was still sleeping. I really hope I never see that same crazy woman again. So I'll start this story off with a little bit of an introduction. So when all this happened, I was about 8 years old, so some of the details might be a bit off, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. My dad, my mom, and my brother and I all decided to do something different for our summer vacation. We were really used to staying at hotels and other types of resorts, but we were kind of tired of the huge amounts of people that those places bring. So my dad decided that it was time to try something new, and he ended up renting one of those campers that you can rent for like 40 euros a day. The camper was nice. It was well equipped with everything one might need for such a trip. We had a spare wheel, a barbecue grill, and even fishing rods. Not to mention all the tools included to fix the caravan if needed. All of that came included with the camper, so it seemed like a pretty good deal. After renting the camper, all that was left was to hit the road and to start our new adventure, as my dad liked to call it. And so we did. We traveled through Spain, France, and Italy, with our ended destination being Croatia. We had chose Croatia because we had basically already been in every major country in Europe, and the only ones we were really missing were the Southeast European countries. And our second day of the trip, after completing a 14-hour drive through France, we decided to stop in Italy to rest for the night. I can't recall which city we were close to, but we decided to stop at a gas station. Unfortunately, however, this gas station in question was not very well lit. So my dad tried to park the caravan between two trucks so we would at least be hidden and it wouldn't be as easy to spot our camper. After finding what we thought was a safe spot, we decided to prepare to go to bed because tomorrow we would have to be up at 8am to continue our trip. And so we did. The caravan wasn't big, so I remember that my brother and I had to sleep together because there were only two big beds. After we both got comfortable, it only took me about 45 minutes to start to feel how tired I really was. And I still remember to this day looking at the ceiling 
and feeling my eyelids getting heavier and heavier until both of my eyes were completely shut. Well, about two minutes later, I heard this heart-piercing shriek. It was my mother screaming. She was screaming my dad's name from the top of her lungs. This obviously woke me up on the spot, and I can honestly say that I've never heard my mother scream like that. Apparently, about two minutes after I had started to fall asleep, my mom was struggling to do the same when all of a sudden, our passenger door opened. The moonlight hit my mom's face, making her go from lying on her bed to sitting up to then check out what just moved the window's blinds. This is when she saw a man peeking through the passenger door. He was wearing a white tank top with a buzz cut, and he had some kind of stick in his hand. When my mom saw him, she screamed for my dad to go grab the crowbar that we had in our cabinet. As soon as he heard my mom scream, he slammed the door shut and then ran into the darkness of the night. She says to this day that his face will never leave her memory, and that she would still be able to identify him to this day. Apparently our camper had really faulty locks, and he had used an oil measuring stick to jimmy our passenger door to get inside. We know this because when he then ran after my mom screamed, he had left his oil measuring stick stuck on our lock. We got extremely lucky because the door he opened had a bag under the seat. Apparently he didn't notice this, probably because it was so dark inside the caravan. The bag had a lot of important stuff, including IDs and my portable PlayStation at the time. So if you're planning a road trip for this summer vacation, then I would highly recommend you to double check all of your locks and please choose a good resting place. Sometimes it's really worth it to pay the 20 bucks just to stay safe inside of a camper. Stay safe out there. I live in a small town in eastern Kentucky. During my early years, I used to go hunting with my dad a lot. One of these trips was during the deer season and in the early hours of the morning at about 5 a.m. or so. We own our land, a fair amount of woods, which my family used for hunting. My dad and I rode the four-wheeler to the blind that he set up for us. I recall it being very cold on this particular morning. I got off the four-wheeler and got into the blind. My dad got into the blind with me, but then he remembered that he didn't put any corn out. So he got out of the blind and zipped it behind him. I heard him crunching the leaves as he walked, but as I stared in front of me at the feeder, I didn't see him. The sounds of his footsteps had then stopped, and he was nowhere to be seen. Suddenly, I had heard that same crunching yet again, but it was coming from in front of me. I called out for my dad, but he didn't answer. So I unzipped the small opening in the blind just enough so I could see my dad. However, when I looked out the small hole, I then saw a man dressed in black overalls with a clown mask on. Just to put it out there, I'm absolutely terrified of clowns, and I have been ever since I was a baby. The man hadn't seen me, or at least I don't think he had. I began to frantically look around for the gun, but I then realized my dad had it on his shoulder when he left the blind. I turned the flashlight on my head off, and then tried to be as quietly as possible. Looking back now, I don't know why I just didn't get up and run because I knew the path well enough to make it back to my house. I didn't hear the crunching of the leaves anymore, but then I had heard breathing right outside of the blind. 
I didn't want to believe that this was happening. And being the dumb kid that I was, I got up off the chair I was sitting on and I moved slowly toward the large opening of the blind. As I was then deciding whether or not to unzip the opening, I heard the leaves crunching yet again in the distance. I unzipped the blind just enough where I could see out in front of me, but I had to flip my flashlight on to do so. I didn't see the man or hear any breathing, so I took this chance and I ran like hell towards the path. I didn't even bother to get the four-wheeler key from the backpack. As I was running, I started yelling for my dad. I could hear footsteps behind me, and as I was looking back, I ran into someone. Panicked that it might be some other man, I began to kick and scream in hopes that maybe my mom would hear me down at the house because she always stayed awake so that she could help us if we needed it. Suddenly, the person in front of me started yelling my name and asking what was wrong. It was my dad. For some reason, my dad had gone over to the other side of the hill. I looked around for the man that was chasing me, but he was nowhere to be seen. I immediately told my dad what had happened, and he didn't even bother to go grab our stuff for the blind. We ran back to the house, where my dad began to check all of the trail's cameras. However, none were in the area that we had been in. As it turns out, my dad had went to check on the ladder stand right across from the hill to see if it would be better for me to sit in. We never did call the police, and to this day, I still think about that mask. My dad and I aren't really close anymore due to differences, and after that day, I never went hunting again. I want to apologize for the length of this story. It's the most terrifying thing that I've ever experienced. This happened four years ago when my boyfriend and I were still sort of fresh into the relationship. My sister had recommended a snorkeling trip for a fun thing to do with him. It was this quarry surrounded by a campground that is filled in with water and it's known for its crystal clear water and its diving. There's apparently a helicopter as well as a school bus that people dive down to see. My boyfriend and I decided to go camping for the night. While we were checking in, we separately both got a really bad feeling about the place, but had kept it to ourselves until after we left. So at first, it was a really good time. We snorkeled in the shallowest area of the quarry, and although the depth of the water was a bit uncanny, I was still enjoying myself. The water is 65 feet deep, so once you had swum out of the shallow area, it immediately dropped off, and it was pitch black. This is actually where I realized that I'm terrified of water. Besides the dark, deep water while you were swimming, there's something very scary about a lake that is perfectly still. I assume because it's a quarry, the water doesn't have a current. My boyfriend and I are winding down our night, and we're back at our campsite. We were camping in a grassy patch down a hill from the road. Our tent is pitched in a wooded area that our campsite is extended to, and just across the green is actually a campsite that looks well lived in, but our neighbors were out. We're making hot dogs over the fire when our neighbors then get back. It's nighttime now, and then they immediately go to sleep. I would say about 20 to 30 minutes after they get back is when things started to become spooky. My boyfriend and I were just chatting, when we noticed a dark figure watching us from up the hill. Because of the shadow of the fire, 
we could not actually make out the characteristics of the figure. But we knew that he was staring directly at us, almost hiding behind our neighbor's truck. He had watched us for what felt like forever until he started walking down the road again. We both just watched him in dead silence, watching him walk behind the trees. The same ones connected to our campsite, but that also went in between us and him. I anticipated each time I'd see him walk forward out from behind a tree. It was a good four or five he came out from. It wasn't until after this that I had noticed he had stopped walking, or was he behind the tree still? I was totally freaked out. Where did he go? I watched my boyfriend looking at what happened and thinking the same exact thing, but he shrugged it off, and I naively did too. We actually ended up forgetting all about it, and we went to the quarry late at night. It was really beautiful seeing the stars reflected against the water, but the deep now all-black water was terrifying to say the least. We walked back to our campsite, lied in our tent, and smoked a joint. I soon began to feel an uneasy feeling, which I was really trying to ignore, telling myself that it's just because I was high. After some silence between us, my boyfriend says to me, Hey, do you feel like we're being watched? I replied back with, Why would you say that? Half joking but full of seriousness that I was actually scared. My boyfriend wanted to get out from the tent, so we're standing by my car, and I got this stupid idea that being in the middle of the field that's in the middle of the campground is probably the safest place for us. My logic being if someone was going to come up at us, at least we'd be able to see them. So we're now in the middle of this field, when we see a similar looking shadow-like figure from earlier staring at us. He must have been about 20 yards away. We noticed him walking, and he's walking in the same direction as us. We change our directions, and so does he. We tell one another if we change again, and he does too, that we're then going to book it to my car. When we then change, he follows, and we did indeed book it to the car. I watched him from my seat as he then slowly backed away into the darkness while still staring in our direction. My boyfriend at this point then says to me, Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. I agree, but all of our camping gear is outside. We quietly get our things together and try not to freak the other one out. The weirdest part of this story, in my opinion, is the next part. My headlights weren't working, and there was a weird fog over my windshield that didn't go away no matter what we did. So we had to drive out of the woods with only low beams and a strange fog over the window. We could barely see out, but we did get out of there. Weirdly enough, the fog went away right as soon as we got into the gas station. We later got home at around 1 in the morning. I had told my father the whole story the next day, and he said he was really glad we got out of there, or else we could have gotten murdered. Two people have died in this campground while snorkeling, which I later found out after I got back. Both my boyfriend and I truly believed someone was trying to kill us that night. <laughs> 